But we've all heard of Captain Planet. Yes, we but, have. And of course, he's the best villain, Hoggish Greedly. <laughs> Get those planeteers. Was Hoggish? Okay. I don't remember the show very <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Was he? Did he have a pig nose? He did have a pig nose and a pig face yep. and pretty much a pig body. So he's basically a pig. Uh, yeah, I think he was human. Okay. But he, he was like this big, this big, like fat guy. Yeah. With, like, a little ratty guy that he obviously, like, stole all of his food or something. Like, his sidekick was, like, the thinnest guy ever. You just know whenever they were having dinner together, he'd, like, eat all of his food. Because I know you love Captain Planet. I do, yeah. I'm a big, a big fan. You, you, I mean, because saving our planet is the thing to do. It is, is definitely the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way. Here's what Captain Planet has to say. I freaking I hated that stupid <laughs> show. You know what? I'm going to blow your mind right now. Uh, Captain Planet and the Planeteers, mm. created by CNN creator Ted Turner. Right. So he came. He he wrote the script. Yep. He, he did everything. He animated it by hand. With the characters. Yep. It was all all Ted Turner. All Ted. All Turner. I suppose that makes sense. I'm John from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness commences in 3, 2, 1. Hello! All you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 61 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a deprogrammed North Korean spy, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Wow, look, he's good in bed, alright? For a fat guy, man, that guy is real good in bed. Yeah, he looks like he's got... How do you think he programs us in the first place? Got enthusiasm. Whoa, jeez. <laughs> Energy. He's, he's like a diesel locomotive. <laughs> it kind of never Big stops. and just... Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> it's like, ride my rocket, baby, he says as he... I mean, you know, you know if you ever look at, at, um, at Pyongyang or even just North Korea from space... Because mm. we've all been to space. Like, <laughs> so relatable Korea, reference. Yeah. South Korea is just lit up. Like, you know, you can see the coastline, you can see Seoul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's just... Like on North Korea, there's this one little light on in Pyongyang, which you assume is just is just Kim's house, right? Yeah, he's got a candle. He's reading a book. Uh, no, no, no. They just <laughs> the, when that guy's in bed, they just hook up a generator and feel the watts come out. <laughs> that's what the only thing that's coming out, baby. <laughs> but a, you didn't think I was going to go there. He's a sexual dynamo. It turns out. That, what was that? I don't know. Your computer made a weird noise. We'll it keep did. going. That's we'll fine. keep going. That's all right. It was just. I, I don't think spies. I could duplicate the magic of uh, you guys imagining Kim Jong Un in bed. Yeah. Like you know, just a diesel locomotive going at it all night long. I don't want to chugga 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 chugga. I don't want to upset you, AC. Yep. But I'm gonna. So there's a legal graffiti wall near my house. I walk past it regularly. It's actually those big storm water drains under the bridge near uh, my house, if you're familiar, familiar oh, yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of legal graffiti down there. And someone took it upon themselves, some enterprising young man with a can of spray paint, mm-hmm. decided to do a, uh, I guess, what do you call a political cartoon, AC? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. uh, naked, save for a mankini. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, right next, and underneath this, uh, this caricature, mm-hmm. they wrote Rocket Man. And... <laughs> Look, uh, that's how I'll always remember him so, before I was deprogrammed cruelly by the state. While some of you may find it difficult to imagine Kim Jong-un naked or, dare I say, giving you one, that's something <laughs> that I have to I have to go through every single day as I walk home from the bus stop. So I'm very familiar. I can, I can picture him naked with ease <laughs> at this point. And I do often, actually, at night, sometimes when I'm alone in my bed, uh, you know, when the... When I've, the I've pe- got a number you should call. <laughs> Is it the North Korean embassy? Wait, do they have an embassy here? <laughs> they do. Oh, they used to. Hmm. I remember they were completely humiliated one year, actually. Um, like when I think when they were shutting it down or going on hiatus or something, they like crashed their car like really badly and then decided to blame the South Koreans or something. It was, it was this big scandal in the diplomatic community at the time. Don't ask me how I know this. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's um, but yeah, the the lengths that they'll go to to blame everything on South Korea is 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 almost humorous. If you know there wasn't a nuclear war. It, at uh, you know, at risk. I'm sure Donald Trump will sort it all out. Oh yeah, no, no, that I have complete confidence. We've got in, our best um, man on the case, and 
God, the West best man. The West best. Yep. And uh, speaking of the West, mm-hmm. we actually... Segue, AC. That That's would awesome. be perfect segue to Sunset Riders by Konami. So Sunset Riders is a 1991 Konami arcade game, and it would be best described as a Western, like American Western, mm-hmm. run and gun in the style of Contra. Yes. I kind of want to say. Yeah. It's a one-hit death, mm-hmm. um, which sucks, but is not the worst thing in the world, I want to say. Yeah. You've got a, a variety of characters, like four, uh, I don't want to say stereotypes, but, um, okay, <laughs> I'll say racist stereotypes for the most part. Well, like, well, there's one in particular that yeah. stands out. Yeah, mm. Our Mexican friend. Oh, uh, yes. Let me just pull up the names of these characters quickly so that I can I can uh, read them out to you. Uh, okay. So you got Steve, mm-hmm. Billy, oh, yeah. Bob, okay. and Cormano. 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 And surprisingly, he has a sombrero and a poncho. Yeah, and he's a sexy one. He's got a mustache too. Yeah, I thought he had a beard, actually. Maybe it was a beard, yeah. Full beard. Um, Yeah, and so each character has different weapons. Um, Like there's characters with pistols, characters with rifles, shotguns, etc. They're all basically... They're not that different, though, at the end of the day, like... um, you know, you pull, you press the button and bullets fly out of your gun or yep. a bullet and people die if they get hit by them. Um, the enemies, my, kind of, my kind of game. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, yes, it is one hit kill. The end, And there are a lot of enemies and a lot of bullets flying at you. But mm. the, enemy, the bullets move fairly slowly compared to a lot of shooters. The good thing is that they're quite... I, it's not that the good that they're large, but they mm. flash blue and red so you can keep a track of them. Yeah. So you can, like, dodge them. Mm. It's not mm. impossible to duck or jump out of the way of, of um, the bullets. It's a run and gun. I think that's correct. I mean, you could call it a platformer, but I think it's more akin to something like Contra or yeah, you, uh, Metal it, Slug is another good example. Looks like you have a wide view. You know, it looks like you can move vertically, but you can't. You can only move between two different planes. Yeah, like the uh, the platforming is very limited. And it's basically like if you hold up and hit jump, mm. you can often move to like a, like a second story, if you like, of the level. Yeah. Like in the town, there might be like balconies that you can move along. Or, uh, like, on a train level, you might be able to jump up on top of the the carriages or something like that. And one Uh, of the best things about this uh, game is the variety. mm. So, Contra had quite a lot of variety as well. This has a lot of variety in level design and how you move. So, you, of course, it's all a Western, uh, and a lot of the enemies look the same in any given level. Yeah, like bandits with masks. Yeah, and and Indians or Native Americans, but they call them Indians in this, of course. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on. (laughs) Uh, but you're on horseback. You know, there are rivers, there are, like, big sort of uh, set pieces that you can move onto, yeah. into. You can have <clears throat> relations. Okay, you can have sex with women, okay? Or at least that's what's well, implied. You can go into a saloon, yep. and then there's a pause, mm-hmm. and then you come out with a scantily clad lady of the night yes. um, draped on your shoulder, and you look very happy. You do look very happy. And I think um, you... Um, I'm not sure if you get... Because it's one-hit kill, so I'm not sure if you get any health. No, I think it's a points thing. You can also go into the saloons and sometimes you'll come out with a big bottle of whiskey and you'll just sort of, like, down it mm. like a true Western man, just drinking straight out of the bottle and then throw it up in the air and smash it or something like that. And so, like, yeah, going into saloons makes these little animations happen, which is kind of cute. There's stuff like the stampedes. So there'll be, like... Like a whole bunch of cattle running at you, and you got to like jump and like run, run across on the, the top. Yeah, the and sometimes cattle. they'll stop, and then there'll there'll be one, and then it will start again. So it's um, yeah. look, this it's a bit of an arcade darling. It's not an arcade mega hit or anything like that. It was but well it received. Was, it was, yeah. but it wasn't like the biggest thing. It was kind yes. of the step between Contra and Metal Slug, as you said. Yeah, it's very much in that vein. If you play one of those games, it's that it's that kind of a game. Yeah, um, but it's got that Western thing, which is what sets it apart. Yeah, it's it's very stylish. Yeah. Uh, it looks really good. So yeah, the animation and the character mm. design, the, the art is all really really good. So the three ways you can play this are, of course, on the original arcade, mm-hmm. uh, the Mega Drive. Uh, or the Genesis, if you're in North America, mm-hmm. and the Super Nintendo. Yes. And we actually played it on my main cabinet. Yeah. I, I do not own the Mega Drive or SNES game because they're quite rare, or at least incredibly sought after. Yeah, but the the main version I think was pretty pretty good. Emulation was pretty good, um, and it gives you a good a good feel for what that game was like. Yeah. Um, I remember playing that game uh, back in the day at the arcade. It. It caught my eye as a as a young man, about nine or ten years old. I would have been ten years old at least, maybe older, when I saw it. Um, and uh, it's a very flashy game. It's very slick and sort of 
polished. It uh, is very polished, that yeah. game. I think it's... Um, it looks great. Basically. It does. Yeah. Uh, it flows really well, all 60 frames a second. It, it only chugged once uh, yeah. during our playthrough. And it's not a long game either. No. There are eight bosses. Yes. Did you want to run it through some of the bosses there, oh, Robbie? Oh, look, let me see if I can pull up the names of the bosses. Um, this may not be something I can find easily. But look, there's... There's a number of them. There's, uh, they, they've got great names like you know Hank Steelwell and like this is, the first guy is like uh, Robin Mc yeah let me McSteely just, or something just like you just, just really you talk dumb. for a minute and I'll look up a list of bosses. Yeah, um, so the the bosses are all very. Uh, I, th- I think that the best boss is Chief Scalpum. Yes, Chief which Scalpum. is just terrible. Yeah. Like, even, even 1991, you were just kind of going, oh, this okay. is just not great. I have the name series. So. Okay, all right. So, talk talk so me through them, Robbie. The first boss, Simon Greedwell, of <laughs> okay. course. Yep. Uh, that's on the uh, the first level, the ranch. Second mm-hmm. level, train smuggling. Ooh. And the boss is Hawkeye Hank Hatfield. Hawkeye Hank Hatfield. Yeah. I like that. And he just makes lots of, like, quips about, like, you know, the savagery of war while he's operating on you and things like that. Uh, stage three... The Old Town Shootout, and the uh, the boss. This is one of my personal favorite bosses. Is Dark Horse, who we we both agreed looked a lot like a male stripper. I know he was a male stripper. He came and the horse. The horse was a stripper as well. Yeah, his horse looks like it's done up in kind of like oddly an, alluring. But like, if you're another horse, looks like the horse is done up to be like I'm an undead horse, like a purple <laughs> mane and like skull kind of regalia. And he just comes out shirtless. He's shirtless. He's got a big black cowboy hat, and he's got suspenders, which and he's very muscly. And if you're wearing, if you're very muscly and you have suspenders, that is, that is, I consider that like a stripper look. That's a dead bloody giveaway. That yeah. is. Um, so he's a very sexy man. Uh, episode, sorry, episode four, stage four, the saloon showdown, and the boss is. Oh, there's two of them, the Smith brothers, and they have um, top hats, and they they look kind of like uh, like crafty city folk, you know, city slickers who are out to sort of you know carpet baggers AC. Yeah, and, and come to rip off the locals. Hate those Yankees. Um, or like a, members of a gang, you know, if all the gang members wear top hats, sort of something like, um, I'm thinking of, uh, what's that Scorsese film? Gangs of New York. Oh, okay. So uh, the game does kind of change halfway through. You get through a whole bunch of these wanted guys and yeah. then you go into saloon and you shoot some more bosses. You rescue some ladies who do a can-can for you. Yes, that's great. Very and, and, and sexy can-can. Both the characters look very excited about the can-can. They take the hats off and sort of hoot and holler. Yeah, well, they kind of like crouch in front of it and well. you only see the backs <laughs> and it was just not right. It looked like they're enjoying it a lot, AC. They, you know, more power to them. I, mm. I, I ain't judging. This is not a judgmental podcast here, but um, yeah. it was... He gave us a good laugh. And, and then he changes and says there is the, the, the big guy who is... What's his name? Captain Rose or something? Oh, so, so, the, so the big boss yeah. is called Sir Richard Rose. Richard Rose, okay. And he does... Dick Rose. ...look a lot He's like... Dick Rose. <laughs> he has high cheekbones. I think he looks a lot like David Bowie. He's got a white suit and he's got blonde hair and high cheekbones and he ha- carries a rose with him and his, his, gen- his, his orientation is very ambiguous. Very. Um... And, but underneath him, there are three sub-bosses you have to beat before you get to Sir Richard Rose. Mm, mm. Um, the first of which is El Greco, who is um, a Mexican with a whip and a sombrero, of course, because he's Mexican. And every Mexican in this game has a sombrero. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, what you want out of life. Then there's uh, Chief Scalpum. Yeah, that was just... Uh, all you just go through shooting Native Americans. Yeah, that level is basically you just like eradicating the last... Yeah, it just did not feel right. <laughs> Even in 1991, I don't think that felt right. Because it is the only level where there are Native American enemies. And you don't kill him at the end, though, because his wife kind of comes in and says, oh, he, forced, he was forced to do this. And I think you actually spare him in that case. Okay, so... Maybe so, that's a little saving grace that mm. Chief Scalpum he's not a bad guy. He just was forced into it by by that mean old Sir Richard Rose, I <laughs> see. That badden that he is. Uh, and then, yeah, bef- before you fight Richard Rose, the last sub-boss is Paco Loco, who is um, a man of indiscriminate racial background. <laughs> he's kind of pink. He has big, thick lips. Uh, he's, he's bald. Um, his chest is... He's, he's not wearing a shirt. He's very overweight. I don't... He's hairless. He looks like um, Karnov. Yes. He just, he's just got that Karnov swagger about him. He does look very Eastern European slash Middle Eastern. But <laughs> yeah, there's, we don't we couldn't even figure out what like racial stereotype he was, but, but we just knew he was one. He definitely, he definitely looks like a racial stereotype of some description. <laughs> you just look at it and you're like, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> you don't <laughs> know how or to, why, we just know. You don't need to know why. And then there's Sir Richard, of course, who you fight in his big mansion. 
and he, uh, yeah, he has rose bushes and whatnot. It's um, it's not the hardest boss fight. It is. This is like a coin suck, but oh, yeah. um, it's kind of more of a fair one. Like you, you feel like you are progressive. Yeah, progressing rather. I, and yeah. one of the like the last things is quite clever because you shoot the guy. He turns red. They all flash red. Mm-hmm. He flashes red. You think bloody awesome. Got him. That was okay. He gets up and a uh, bulletproof metal. Like um, plate, I guess. Yeah, plate kind of falls from his undershirt and goes, oh, and then you've got to do it again. Yeah, like the game does a good job of tricking you to thinking you've, you've won. And, and it was that laugh. It was a ha Yeah, it was quite good. It actually, it fooled me, so, so that was good. And that's one of the things about this game that sets it apart because, I mean, other than being very flashy and kind of cool, mm. um, it does have a sense of humour. Um, and that's something we, we touched on with, like, the... I mean, hookers aren't necessarily funny, like, in their essence, but, but this game <laughs> makes it funny because it's kind of cartoony and cute um there's there's drinking there's um you know one other sort of way there's still a lot of wacky crap goes on in this game um yeah like all the saloon stuff um the can can dance um when you beat the enemies they do when you beat the bosses they sometimes do like funny things um, they do yeah yeah it's got a sense of humor it's not very self-serious at all no and you don't really want that in one of these you know you no. gotta yeah so i mean there's not that much else to say it's just it's very slick. I mean, we got through in about half an hour. Of course, we're playing on the MAME, so we have unlimited yeah, credits. Yeah, I mean, we went, we went through about 30 bucks worth of credits. So it is a coin suck. If back is, in the yeah. day, it would have been very difficult, if not impossible, to beat this game on one, on one you know, credit. Um, you'd have to be some kind of savant, I think. You're more, you're more than likely to put a few coins into this machine if you want to beat it, even if you're brilliant at Sunset Riders. So, I mean, keep that in mind. The other thing is that it only took us 30 minutes to beat it. Um, so there's not a lot of replay value necessarily once you've got your hands on this thing, if you've got it in your house, whether that's on a main cabinet or, you know, if you're crazy enough, an actual cabinet or the Mega Drive or the SNES, hmm. um, you're going to get about 30 minutes of fun out of it. You might want to replay it a few times, come back to it every few years, but it's not something you're going to be going back to a lot. So you would, you would recommend this game, you reckon? Look, man, I would. It's one of my favorite arcade games from that hmm. era, from my era of arcade games. Like it's not... I realized that I didn't grow up in the quote-unquote golden age of arcade gaming, but from my perspective, the early 90s were part of that, and this is this is smack dab in the early 90s arcade scene. Along, You know, that cabinet was sitting next to Street Fighter 2. We're talking... It's that era. It is. You know? um, As I said, it was a darling, not a... Not, it wasn't a breakout hit, but it was... It still has a, a level of notoriety to this day just for being yeah. fun and playable. A lot of people remember it fondly, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm certainly one of those... Um, again, I think there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up with this game for me. But mm. I just played it like not not less than an hour ago, and it was still a heck of a lot of fun. So. And we've played through this twice before. Yeah. So if you're into running guns, absolutely give it a go. Um, but I think if you just like arcade games in general and you want to just play something a bit mindless um, but flashy and cool, mm. um, this is definitely that. So two thumbs up from me, AC. What about you? Where do you land on the Sunset Riders? Um, I got to recommend this one. It's just one of those games. It's fun, as you said. It's it's not complex. It's not overly. Uh, it's not overly dank, I suppose. It's it's <laughs> got it's, it's got its moments, but they're they're treated fairly lightheartedly. Other than the um, other than the terrible racial stereotypes, yes. which is that's the only kind of letdown with this. But look, it's a western. Mm. It's fun. It's a Konami game, and what I like about this game is that like when we play on the the main machine. Mm. We often, and we have gone back into the the, the, the deep dark bat catalogue of like, uh, you know, Gallagher and, and you know, the, the kind of 80s stuff. And it was very pleasant and very nice just to do like a, a six, you know, like a, a good 16-bit run and gun. Yeah. Like a modern, kind of what I would call like a modern arcade. Yeah, definitely. Like it's post-Golden Age, sure, but it's still just, it's just a good time. If you just want to do one run and gun, I would still say pick Metal Slug because just Metal Slug is awesome. But, but if you like Metal Slug. If you like Metal Slug, if you're into those sorts of games, do this one. Mm. This is a winner. Yes. Okay, Robbie, how are you doing? Oh, mate, you know, over the last few weeks, um, not been feeling so well. I think I've got a bit of case of a case of the fever, AC. Oh, no. Specifically. Oh, dear. I have Billy Zane fever, AC. Oh, no. I've got I've got a case of Billy Zane fever, and the only cure is two tickets for you and me to see Blue World Order. Oh, God. The post-apocalyptic science fiction film that was, that was filmed 
In our very own Canberra. Yes. I. Um, so they are in the city. There's like a DeLorean in mm-hmm. Garima Place. And I went years without seeing a DeLorean. It was my, like, Back to the Future, my favorite all-time movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally saw one in Japan, of all places, actually, and, like, took lots of photos and everything. And I've seen quite a few since mm. because, uh, you know, 2015 was a um, was a DeLorean, rev- uh, like, Back to the Future revival. Of course, yeah. And uh, I went to a number of parties dressed as Doc. Uh, and so I've been inside a DeLorean several since, and I've never driven one. They're not reliable cars but no. I, I have been very aware of blue weld order yes uh, because they've got lots of posters up and as i said there is a delorean in the middle of garima place but you can't go up to the delorean and take photos or look around it or anything without people coming up to you and giving you a fly saying you've got to watch this movie it's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> that just really put me off like you want to advertise it and everything, but it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this this is in a movie, not like, oh my god, I gotta see this movie or I'll stab you. I think I meant what what made me laugh was that the posters, like, the two things that they were trying to sell me on, you know, come and see this movie, seemed to be number one, hey, it was filmed in Canberra. Yep. Okay. Like that's that's reason enough apparently to go see it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what number, else has been filmed in? Canberra? And number two, it has Billy Zane in it. Uh, so, famed actor. You know, Hollywood darling. <laughs> okay. So Raking can... in the big bucks he is. So, three films where Billy Zane has starred, okay. quotation marks. Yeah. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one of Biff's goons. Really? He was. Wow. He was. So, there were three goons, Match, 3D, and Skinhead. And he was Match. <laughs> oh, my God. He was like a, a guy with like a match in his mouth, like 50s greaser kind of voice, had a match in his mouth or a toothpick or something. I had no idea. Um, Titanic, he was the main yes, villain. Course. Yes. Uh, and then he went bold. <laughs> yes. And suddenly his roles dried up. And then uh, all of a sudden he was starring in Canberra films. Uh, but the other one is The Phantom, where he was like, like it was. Yep. A proto... Yes, the Phantom. Uh, superhero movie, I want to say. Ah, yes. And it didn't... I've seen it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I, th- I want to say I've seen it, like, at least twice. <laughs> One, uh, not at the cinemas. I think it was just on TV a lot. And, like, Billy Zane isn't, isn't a bad actor by anyone. He's, stretch of imagination. He's, 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 he's fine. fine. Yeah. It's there. just that everything he's been in has been, like, terrible writing, like, where mm. he's been the main star. Yeah. And the Phantom was this kind of creepy... Like, he's like the fifth Phantom or something. Yes. And, like, if you don't know what the Phantom is, I do not want to explain what the Phantom is because most of what I've read of the Phantom has been in hairdressers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. when I, when barbers, when I go to get my hair cut, they always had Phantom comics he's there. He's the ghost that walks. Yeah. And, he's and he bas- dresses in purple. But the thing is that when he dies, someone else takes his place. So there's always a Phantom. Even though it's not the same Phantom. No, but no. the enemies of the Phantom think that it's the same Phantom. It's, he's the ghost who walks. Yeah, they and think that he's a ter- he can't be killed. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's just they get a new guy. <laughs> Doesn't he, but it's always his son. Is that right? Yeah. And okay. like he always wears sunglasses. Okay. And one of the one of the things I really like about this is that like he's got his own mythos. Like yeah. if you see the Phantom without his like without his mask, without his uh like sunglasses or whatever, you just see him as mm. who he really is. I think his name's always Kit Walker. Okay. Um, you die pretty much immediately. Like, the fandom doesn't kill you, but, like, you just die in, like, like, like you get sucked into a blender like or a something. King Tut's curse kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's really like that. <laughs> and and right. every issue with the fandom always has, like, a little box down the bottom with, like, an <laughs> asterisk saying, like, you know, the, the le- legend of the fandom. Anyone who sees the fandom's face will die immediately after who is his enemy or something like that. Yeah. The other good thing about the fandom is that when he punches people, he has a skull ring <laughs> and it leaves a cool skull mark on your yep. face when he punches them, AC. So. But Billy Zane in that movie was not a cool fandom. No. It was like this guy didn't really want to be the fandom and then at the end it was like, I guess this guy's the fandom now. Yeah, wasn't like the whole, the whole plot of that film was that the fandom had died and they needed Billy Zane to be the next fandom or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, it's like the Doctor being revived constantly except like slightly less contrived. Yeah, um, slightly. But uh, yes, Billy Zane. So he was in town. Um, he apparently, I read a, a Canberra Times article about his stay and what he had to say about Canberra. Uh, and he said that it was a beautiful futurist city was his words. And I have to wonder what the hell, <laughs> what AC, what they paid him in cocaine. Is there any, they just paid him in cocaine yeah. and they let him wonder. I like, think he just went to the art gallery on I, cocaine. And I, then he was like, <laughs> wow, this place is so futuristic. <laughs> 
blue what? poles. What? Hey, that's right. He went to see. He went, I remember he was in the art gallery and he said, "Look, it's blue poles." And we so, have the original here so in Canberra. Is, so Canberra is good, apparently. I just what part of Canberra looks futuristic? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, okay, look. <gasps> Our, our Parliament House kind of looks like the rocket ship from Play School. <laughs> like a children's like man. arts and crafts show. Take him back take him to Canberra Village, man. I think he's gone back to nineteen seventy three. And he gets stabbed as well. That's right. It's just like a whole lot of uh, you know, Dato 180Bs and <laughs> tight jeans. <laughs> mullets. So, other other than being obsessed with Billy Zane, which yeah. To be fair, is a, is a pretty good career path for us yes. this late in life. We should just transition this podcast into being a, a Billy Zane podcast. I reckon we could have him on. <laughs> is he still in town? I don't know. He's not in town anymore, but he just seems like like a knockabout kind of stand-up bloke. I reckon he'd be up for it. I reckon he would, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon we'd get him in. Give him a glass of whiskey and he'll be, he'll be right as rain. <laughs> Bag of cocaine. Yeah. I don't. I, I do not actually want to say that Billy Zane is in any way connected or has ever taken cocaine. No. It just sounds funny yeah, that right. someone thought Canberra was futuristic <laughs> in any way. It's, it's really not. It's really not. Okay. Um, so other than other than obsessing over Billy Zane, I have been playing video games. AC. Remember you those things? Actually, have been because every week has been. I'm too tired. I've got schoolwork. Yeah. My mum says I have to go to bed early. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. So um, you've actually been playing video games. My mum is is a, a strict a strict lady. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I play. I've been playing more Stellaris. I got back into Stellaris, the game, the uh, the space four X game. Um, the that, illustrious uh, Mister Goff. Yeah, Cody. Cody Goff uh, bought for me. Cody Goff of Game Life Balance US um, purchased it for me from Christmas. I want to say. Um, yeah, that game is good. Um, problem. So I, I had gotten a fair bit into it earlier. Um, they released a very big patch. They actually called it the uh, 2.1 patch. So like I was playing. What, like, what version was it before? I was playing like one point something. Right? Oh, okay. So this oh, is yeah. like like they've made some significant changes. Mm, mm. There's a big change log on their website that goes through all the differences. I hadn't played the game enough to really know what the differences were. Fair enough. Because um, it's a lot of it's like end game stuff and like just balance tweaks and things. Um, but there's some gameplay features as well. But so this the, is a the Crusader pro- Kings sort of... Yeah, it's the people who made Crusader Kings. I talked about this game a few episodes back. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I won't go over it in too much detail. Um, but the difficulty with having the... When they released the 2.1 patch, the problem was my save game was no longer compatible. Ooh. So I had to start a new game, which was kind of fine because I'd kind of forgotten how to play the game in the um, you know intervening like six months or whatever. So I picked it up before. Yikes. Um, so yeah, this game is... It's like a space exploration like strategy game um it's a real-time game oh, yeah. um it's not turn-based um so i think it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like mobile games and this i don't know that's like a bad analogy because it's going to make you think it's bad but in the sense that everything's on timers okay yeah, yeah, yeah but you can turn up the speed of the game unlike a mobile game there's no in-app purchases <laughs> no no god no it's it's a proper pc game um reminiscent of games like uh, galactic civilizations and things like that but oh yeah yeah the thing that it's probably um most reminiscent of is Master of of Orion, the old uh, PC game from the early nineties. Oh, I remember that. That <clears> was <throat> popular with a whole bunch of smelly nerds. It's a very geeky thing, you yeah. know. And this game is 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 that that kind of a deal. So it's like like I, I was diplomacy. a nerd. Like I've, I've yeah. always been a nerd. I've always been a geek. But like mm. they, people who played that game, even I could beat them up. <laughs> that tells you something. Yeah, like it's a Rob game, you know. Like it's not quite Dwarf Fortress or Crusader Kings. It's like I, I did used to beat Rob up. <laughs> yeah, he still does. Um, <laughs> The this is a much more approachable game than Crusader Kings, but that being said, it's still it's it's probably pretty overwhelming if you haven't played one of these games before. Yeah. But having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, there's been some. It's, it's the thing about this game that makes it cool is that um it's there's a lot of procedural generated stuff. Okay, so it's, it's kind of randomized every yeah, time, like emergent gameplay. Oh, yeah. So like every time you play it, it's different. So like. For example, this time around, uh, so I'm playing as the humans again. I decided to to play as I love Earth. those guys again because I just feel like I didn't fully get to play through my previous game. I wanted to like experience mm. the kind of like Star Trek um, kind of storyline, if you like. So I played as like humans on Earth again as the starting race. You can actually create your own race, and in so doing, you you sort of pick like the biology. Like, do you want them to be mammals or mollusks or spiders or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you pick like the ideologies of your race. Like, are you going to be egalitarian or are you going to be like monarchists or are you going to be like oligarchy or something like that, Did, right? Were you a monarchist? 
No, I mean, I've, the humans by default are Democrats. Okay, all right, yeah. And yeah. they are, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a very, it's kind of like a, if, so, okay, if you're, if you have left-wing politics, then, and if you imagine what would happen if your dreams came true, 100 years, 200 years from now, that's what the humans are in this game. It's ah. like, we're all super about democracy and all super about egalitarianism and everyone's equal and science is the best. And, you know, that's kind of the way it, the way it sets you up, that you're like firm believers in science and democracy and everyone being equal. I think I mentioned it in the last, last episode, though, that like the game kind of is very relativistic in the sense that there's no real answer. Like democracy isn't necessarily good. It's just an option. If yeah, you like. yeah. And like it'll affect the, the interactions you have with aliens. Like if the aliens are like authoritarian, they might not like the fact that you're democratic and it will kind of like cause like friction or like it'll reduce. Their... There's a bit of tension there. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting in the way that it, it models like the politics and, and like religion and things can kind of come into play with how you interact with different aliens. So uh, just some quirky little things like, uh, so like I said, there's a lot of proce- procedural generated stuff. When you're exploring the galaxy, you come across anomalies like your science ships, which are essentially like, imagine, imagine the starship enterprise and you're not too far off. You're exploring the galaxy, looking for worlds that to, to inhabit and like finding weird scientific crap to like investigate. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and they call when you discover something you know unusual it's called an anomaly and then you can get your science ship to investigate the anomaly it takes a certain amount of time depending upon how good at science your science officer is on the on the ship and then once you've completed that little task so it kind of gives you a, a randomly generated like story type of oh, yeah. and it'll be something like oh we found like rem- remnants of an ancient alien thing here from two million years ago and like that race seems to have died out it isn't interesting that they have this base here and the, and sometimes those events will open up like branching story parts of like more and more and more events oh, yeah. and they're cool. all randomly generated it's really interesting how much variety there is i'm interested to see like how long it will take like if by the end if i keep playing this game if i have several playthroughs would i get sick of the anomalies would i realize that they're kind of recycling the same events or would it be like fresh every time? I'm interested, but so far it's been very fresh. Everything. So do you control individuals in this? It's kind of like Crusader Kings in the sense that there's characters that Mm. have a lot of importance. Um, So so you can control them and kind of tell them what to do and bring them on board. Yeah. So mm. like every ship has like an office. Like, so you have science ships and they have scientist characters on them. Mm. And and that's a class of character as a scientist. There's also um, like, Politicians, I can't remember what the name of the, that class is, but they're the ones that like get elected to like run the government, or like you know they'll they'll uh, you can use them as like governors of um, of your colonies and things like that. Oh, yeah. And there's like generals and admirals, like so general is for like land forces and admiral is for like your your ships, and they'll level up and gain traits and like so some your characters might be good at one thing or good at another, kind of reminiscent of Crusader Kings, like you know. They'll have a set of little icons that'll tell you the quirky traits that they have. So, like, one of my scientists is, like, a propulsion expert. So, he's good at... He gets bonuses to researching propulsion technology. Um, Or, like, I have a scientist who's, like, um, meticulous, which means he finds more anomalies. Like, he's good at... Isn't that what you want to do? Isn't that what you'd want to kind of, like, front load? Yeah. Like, the... Well, there's... So, the the win condition of the game, there's, there's a few of them. One is, like colonizing the most planets one is like beating up the most enemies and i think there might be like a more diplomatic or scientific option as well like a more like peaceful way of winning the game um so like land grab is important so which which race do you think i would be look see they're all they're all procedurally generated that's the thing like even the enemies that you encounter are procedurally generated randomly from the from the character from the race creating okay Cool. So um, hard to say, but like if the spiders you, sound pretty if, cool. If you were running a, a country, I would assume that you'd have some kind of like autocratic <laughs> regime. Um, That's a nice way of putting it. I don't think you'd be spiritualist. Um, no, you probably need a soul to do that. Uh, but perhaps, yeah, like yeah, like autocratic, maybe oligarchy or something like hmm. that, where like the rich rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something like that, or uh, so. Have you been doing anything else with your life lately? You've been, yeah, uh, uh, you well, had two weeks off, so yeah, I did have some time off. Um, I spent a lot of it looking after my daughter, really. She's good. Yeah, I mean, she's really cute. Um, doing a lot of of funny stuff. She's kind of at this, this age now where she's sort of like equal parts really, really adorable and funny, hmm. and 
like really pushing all my buttons all the time. Um, I think it's just that toddler defiance is really showing itself now. She's got to define her individuality. Yeah, and she and she sort of. Mm, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a child psychologist, but my 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 understanding is that this is the age where they realize and have to confront and deal with the fact that there are limitations placed upon what they want from life mm. versus what they can get. And like, I think in reality, that's a process that we is continual throughout our lives. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm still upset that I can't do everything I want to do. Um, it's, but, but like you kind of learn to like deal with that, but yeah. a toddler doesn't understand why she can't do everything she wants to do. So when you like stop her from doing things, like grabbing knives off the table and things like that, um, she gets upset. Yeah. Um, we're trying to toilet train her right now as well. I don't have any funny toilet training stories. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, she's not taking to it particularly well. Um, so she doesn't mind sitting on the toilet. She doesn't mind the whole idea of it, but she doesn't tell me when she needs to go. Yeah, that's the problem. Isn't so it? when I put her in underpants... Um, it's really just, I just wait till she pees herself. Yep. And then I'm like, you should on the, on the toilet. And she just looks at me and I look at her and I'm like, maybe you're too young for this. So I'm not sure. So the reason we're doing it is because the, uh, the childcare people said, oh, she's ready for toilet training. And I'm like, well, they know what that, they're talking about. They probably say that to everyone because they're sick of, <laughs> sick of changing nappies. After like one really bad poo, they're like, okay, this kid needs to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I'm thinking I'm contemplating. I don't want to give up yet. I want to give another week of trying. Mm. But if it doesn't take, I'm thinking giving her a break, maybe waiting until it's a bit warmer. I think she might be more happy to sit on the toilet for extended periods of time throughout the day if it's warm. So you need one of those Japanese toilets, which like yes. heats and like lifts up automatically and has a bidet installed in it and all that kind of stuff. That would make it a lot easier. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not working super well, uh, but we're trying. I, I think like kids are different, right? And even yeah. though she's like very switched on mentally and whatnot, um, and she's very communicative. She's kind of doing, she does this thing where like, if you ask her a question, she just says yes. Or she tries to sort of anticipate what you want to hear from her rather than telling you the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you ask her, do I need to, do you need to go to the toilet? She just goes, no. And then like, you know, five seconds later, she pees herself. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not really convinced that the childcare is right, that she is ready because she's just not telling us when she needs to go, which is a pretty important. And like, I can't, she, like while she can communicate with me, I still can't sit her down and say, "Hey, Ruby, hmm. when you need to go to the toilet, tell me." She doesn't. That, that's too complex a sentence for her to comprehend. Like when I think even if she understands you know, it, it's like, "Yeah, I'll do what I want to do." Like if if X happens, then do Y is too complex for her at this point. Hmm. I think you know, like that kind of like consequential logic. It's beyond a two like her at, at her age, two 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 years and. Uh, Seven months? I think she's, yeah, she'd be about um, Yeah, so it's not going super well. That's not a funny story. It's just something that's happening to me, AC, so. Um, something I'll have to go through as well very soon, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, AC, what has been going on with your life and or gaming? Well, I'll, I'll talk about May 1st because mm-hmm. we're, we're doing life stuff. Sure. Um, her second birthday is coming up. Uh, her birthday is the 24th. <laughs> The way you looked at me then made me doubt myself. You know, it was almost as like Maria was looking at you when you said that. You're just like, oh God, if I get this wrong, I'm going to be. Yeah, no, it was exactly that. I <laughs> uh, no, it was, I can even tell you, like, it was the 24th of June at 5.48 a.m. Wow, there you go. No, I, I know the exact time. I, I was there. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I saw everything. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so I, we're just going to have a couple of friends around. You and Ruby are, of course, hopefully going to be there. Yeah, cool. That would be great. Um, she's, uh, she's learning a lot of Japanese and English, and she's kind of figured out mm. that there are, like, two words for everything. Yeah. So she'll say dako, which means cuddle in Japanese or hug, and then to Maria. And then she'll say cuddle to me. So she knows that there are two words and she is kind of figuring out that, you know, there are different words for different people, I think, which yeah. is really cool. Sometimes she'll just say them both. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, it's a slow road, but uh, I'm glad that she will have at least some bilingualality, if you want to use that word, which doesn't <laughs> exist, that I just made up. 
so it, she's she's very cute. Uh, she has an adorable, adorable little voice okay. that even makes Rob melt. Yeah, it's very cute. You go, oh, good night, Uncle Robbie. And, and Rob just goes, oh. It's, it's pretty hard not to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's um, She loves going to the park. Every time we mention park, I accidentally mentioned it. Yes. And she just, she and this was like at night, saying, tomorrow we're going to go to the park. And she went, park we're going right now yes. and she went and got her shoes and yep. i just went oh no that's not what i meant it yep. took ages to get her back to sleep see my kid as well they don't understand concepts like future and past no no it's just so, it's just whatever's happening right now yeah yeah so i can't like i do this thing with with like meg when i'm talking about what's gonna happen tomorrow i spell things out yeah that's, like, oh, we're gonna take ruby that. to the p-a-r-k yeah and then she doesn't like go park you know like, freak out <laughs> just freaks yeah yeah so that's nice. Um, she's uh, this. She's, she does this thing, which is in- also incredibly adorable. Everything she does is adorable, and I'd like to say that oh, you know, everyone finds their kid adorable. You're all wrong because my kid is the most adorable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she's she's very generous. Whenever she has food that she likes, mm. she wants to share it with you. Oh. So if you give her like a chip or something, or like some like uh, you know wheat bix biscuits or something, she'll like have a, a bite and she'll have some and she'll go oh. Yummy, oishi, oishi. And then she'll like walk up to you with like one and try and put it in your mouth. <laughs> so just this, this is this adorable thing, which I know is going to change yeah. when she becomes possessive, like, you know, the terrible twos and, and whatnot. But it's, yeah. it's so cute and adorable. Oh, that's lovely. Right now. So I've just been enjoying spending time with my family. Yeah. That's uh, good. Gaming wise, I got to say, I haven't been doing a whole lot. Um, okay. I want to play more god of war but it just hasn't happened yet mm. um mm. uh fuck with of the show sorry friend of the show <laughs> elchan uh-huh. andrew elchan lynch yeah uh messaged me some advice okay. during the week sure and just said get good scrub <laughs> in yep. terms of yeah. and went God. Is this based upon your your uh yeah my pleasure about the aiming mechanic yeah know? yeah just yep. the controls of of using analog controls in that game really suck or any mm. game really suck. And I can't fault him. He's mm. right. I got to get good at this game and I got to power on through it. It's just that like, you know, f- you know, messing around with controls for an hour and like hoping to get to the next story beat and like, you know, have some of the the fun interactions and and you yeah. know, combat is fun. It's just the stuff where you've got to do more than hack and slash. It's, you know, where you got to use 16 buttons at once in a particular combination Hmm. uh you know in the boss fights that i don't really look forward to it's like or i could play with my adorable kid and (laughs) geez that's a whole lot more tempting sometimes i gotta say that's uh, fair enough i I think like in fairness the truth probably lies somewhere in between both of your views like yes you need to get better at the game i do yeah but also analog aiming does suck analog stick aiming yeah. is bad and, and you know you can be good at this <laughs> um, kind of stuff but give it's me a like, mouse any day basically yeah uh, you know i am a retro gamer uh by trade so mm. i i do modern games i will play modern games yeah. but i think that there are faults with them as well and there are people who've gotten really good at that and i say good on you yeah. and i do need to get good but on the other hand those controls also suck. So, you know, what are you going to do? Come on, me, boys. Look, I don't... Look, I don't know whether this game is, like, unusually difficult to control or not. But, like, as a general principle, I stand by my comments in the previous episode that if there's no aim assist whatsoever, analog stick aiming is a pain in the ass. It is. Um, and, you know... And I have no idea how people play FPSs on, like, fast-paced FPSs or, like, Call of Duty on, on console. I think they just get good at it yeah, as they yeah. um but like the effort required is huge and i feel like even a really good player with a controller versus um a player with a mouse and keyboard a competent would, player not a mediocre but a competent yeah. player on a pc is still going to kick their ass yeah if they're equal skill levels let's say yeah because a mouse is if, just, there's, if there's no auto aiming yeah they're, just they're, a, they're gone it's objectively true that a mouse is a better tool to aim with yeah um that's just facts um that's not some sort of PC master race comment. I mean, I was a console gamer for many years. I don't have any like bias. I just have always found aiming with analog yeah. sticks to be like, <laughs> like it's, it's too difficult. It's more difficult than it needs to be. 
Yeah, that's so anyway. That's anyway, very true. No, no, but I'm just saying um, fairness to you because, no, no, like, on, on some level, you are a nerd, but you know, need to get he's better. He's not here to defend himself either, you know, which I really like. Yeah. Even if he was, you know, I, it, I, I, I could argue him out of the park anyway. You know, it, it he's is, just, just, he's just bad at arguing. It is true. He's going to hate this. It is true though that you are um, a, like, local, a no good casual noob. I like um, how we have this platform <laughs> where we can just. <laughs> Denigrate people, yeah, like sure. people who are genuine friends of ours. Yeah, and we can just like say what we want, and they just don't have any public recourse unless they come on the show. So like a talk show, like a talk back radio host. Or something yeah, basically, like we, we yeah. can just press the uh, mute button at any time and go. Oh, is that what you say? Well, well, here, here is the truth, the stick of truth. <laughs> uh, gaming wise, though, I did actually uh, dig out a little old device. Uh, I, I always say one of my favorite handhelds, but. All my handhelds are my favorite handhelds because I love handheld games. Sure. But the Nintendo DS Lite, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it plays um, Game Boy Advance games is just brilliant. Mm. And the fact that it plays, uh, you know, DS games, region free is really good as well. Okay. So I, uh, I was just playing a couple of games there. One of the games that I did dig out because I was feeling in a real retro arcadey mood was the uh, Retro Atari Collection. Okay. Uh, which is basically the first kind of... Most of what you call the 70s run of Atari games. Cool. Arcade games, that yeah, is. Art- yeah. yeah, definitely arcade games. Not 2600 games. No, you don't need those on a DS. No, you don't need them ever. Barely need really. them at all. They're kind of all bad, I <laughs> want to say. I'm going to go in there and say, that's a pretty sweeping statement, but I want to say that like 99% of the 2600 games are bad. Look, you're not <laughs> you wrong. You can't go back. It is difficult to go back. Uh, if you grew up with them, I can totally understand like why you would, you know, it's just the yeah. points don't matter that much. No. Nothing really matters that much, but points especially. Yeah, in a lot of ways, nothing matters. <laughs> no. Uh, we're, we're big picture people here. Um, but they had, uh, like, they had the classic versions of these games, and they also had the, uh, the retro upgrade, like where they put new graphics and stuff. Do not play those games. Like, the, the, the overlay that they put mm. on these graphics, just shit house. Okay. Just play the originals. Yeah. Um, I played Pong, but it was rather than... It's, it's kind of weird because other than um, kind of horizontal, sorry, vertical Pong, it's yeah. on the screen, it's horizontal. Oh, okay. But of course, you can turn it the other way. And if someone else has a DS <laughs> with that game, you can play against them and stuff like okay. that as well. Right. Um, so there is some crossplay here. Okay. I didn't know anyone who has this game or a DS handy. No. And it was obviously close to launch because it was in the manual. It's the original uh, Nintendo DS, not the DS Lite. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so Pong I played Centipede still holds up cool um, Breakout still fun yeah gonna say still fun do you play that with the stylus or the this is where the game is let down Mm. because I would say the stylus would be good for that you'd think okay you'd really think wouldn't you yeah but there's something about the stylus that isn't always as responsive as the you want because Breakout gets real fast you get you clear about half of them yeah and you think that it speeds up gradually there's actually only about three speeds it's like slow and then gets a little bit faster and then after you clear about half the blocks it goes really fast but then what happens is your little platform rebound that is what shrinks so that's what makes the game harder okay uh, so controlling that with the style is not as easy as you'd think or as easy as you'd hope. Yeah. I suppose uh, the fidelity, I never really played a game where like you have to use the stylus like for an action game, if you like. Yeah. Like, it's always been like, when there's a lot of speed, you yeah. can kind of lose center of it a little okay, bit. That's, uh, that's a shame. Yeah. Asteroids is asteroids. No matter what, you know, like asteroids, 2600, 7800, it, it's, it plays the same. It's good. It's fun. I mean, originally, in it's a vector game in the arcades. Yeah. And that's certainly not a bad thing. It still plays well, but... I never really quite got the hang of how to play that game properly. I did. I got mm. I got okay at it, but it's not... It's actually just kind of... You play for about five minutes, and even if you get five, you just want to give up because you've had your fill. It's kind of, it's unique, isn't it? I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of games that control that way. And No, so, it's very early on. Um, yeah. So the original Tempest was part of this collection, oh, okay. but not... It, it didn't work oh. because the original Tempest has a kind of like a dial that you kind of go back and forth and like hit yeah. when, when the, um, the 
the enemies are coming towards you, you kind of spin around. Yeah, like a trackball-y, dial-y thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's just basically like a digital dial where you need to use the stylus back and forth, and that does not work. Uh. You, you overshoot, you undershoot. You, there's no real control there. And I just was just not having fun with Tempest, which was really, really bad. It's a shame. It's that, a shame. It's a good game. Yeah, the original Tempest. Is, it's just a lot of fun in the arcades. I've only ever played it once in the arcades, but mm. I remember like, oh, yeah, this is really good with these controls, but I can see why even with a stylus didn't work so well. Yeah. Uh, my favorite game in this collection was a game that I've loved for a very long time, but I am really, really bad at, <laughs> called Lunar Lander. Oh, yes, of course, Lunar Lander, yeah. So Lunar Lander, of course, is uh, you are a... A lunar lander, like you look like the um, like the Apollo, the what is it, Apollo Eleven lunar yeah, lander, you're like a moon unit or whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> you have to control your descent. You can't. You can only land on completely flat, flat surfaces. Yes. You can't even, and you can't land too hard. And too hard is anything other than the softest of softest feather touches. And you have a limited amount of fuel. Yes. And you have to use that fuel wisely. And I played this for half an hour just to get one perfect But that must have been landing. bloody, like, satisfying fist pump type of moment. Oh, I was just relieved more than anything else. <laughs> now I can do something else with my life. <laughs> because yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the physics of the game. Yeah, it's great. It's one of those really early, like, physics-y games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because, you yeah. know, and, and if you... There's, like, a different kind of death screen. It's like, you hit the ground too hard, everyone died. Mm. Or your crater was two miles wide. <laughs> it's you quite know, like, catastrophic. It is. Uh, and... There was this one time when I was getting so close and you really need to, like, you really need to just hammer on the fuel as you get down because uh, you really need a lot of lift and then just kind of, as I said, feather touch down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ran out of fuel and I was only like what looked to be like millimeters above and then just went Pfft crash yeah and everyone died that like five or ten meters was enough to like blow you up yeah um, yeah yeah so look it it's such a fun game but it's not good it's not easy to no not easy to master and the thing is i don't even know what the original arcade looked like mm. like the the controls on this work fine i would love to have a big screen where i can kind of control and just kind of get the nuance of it a bit sure but i i did love that that would be my favorite game of that collection, I suppose. Sure. I remember playing that game on an Apple II back in the day. That is definitely uh, the Apple II sort of game. Yeah. I could, I could imagine. I had a lot of fun with that. So, okay, cool. Well, it sounds like mm, some of those games maybe don't port well. Um, no. Like uh, anything with a trackball or a dial or anything, it's not. It's really hard to make a good port. Yeah, I think you just need the original. I yeah. really... I actually wanted to play Rhythm Heaven as well, but uh, the cart that I had... The just doesn't work. That's a shame because that's like a like by all accounts a pretty fun. It is great. I've game. got the Japanese version on uh, DS and GBA actually, okay. so I can't, I should just check those out really. But there's sometimes when I just don't want to put my glasses on and just read <laughs> the Japanese because I'm lazy and I'm just that sort of person. Sure. But uh, we have a quiz. Yes, we do. So why don't we go to the quiz? The quiz zone. The quiz. We actually have a special room for quizzes. All right, Robbie. Now, we have played a Western-themed video game, so I'm going to use my deductive reasoning to say that you have a Western-themed quiz. Am I correct? You are, so well done. You don't get any points for that, because that wasn't a question. Ah, that's the only way I'm going to get points in this. But this is a quiz about Western-themed video games. Um, all sorts of questions, no particular format. I only have eight questions this week. I, no, I okay, apologize. No, sorry. Sorry, readers, you, um, you've lost two questions this week, but we made up for it with all that great Billy Zane commentary. So uh, I think it's a fair trade. Nobody has ever heard of Billy Zane who listens to this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's basically just like three dogs that are slowly dying in a... In a I know, love Billy Zane. Hotel room somewhere that are listening to this podcast. So. But still. Look, okay. All right. All right lay them on me. Question number one, AC. This arcade... Okay. So the, actually, there is a theme to these questions. Okay. The answer is always a game. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Question number one. This arcade light gun game. Uh huh. Scratching your head. From the early 90s. Uh huh. Features extremely. Mad Dog cheap- McCree. D- mm. Points for you, AC. 
It's the only, only points you're going to get. Good old Mad Dog. Enjoy them. Oh, because it, yeah. You're only going to get maybe two more of these questions right <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two, AC. Okay. This vertical scrolling shooter mm-hmm. set in the Old West was released by Capcom. Oh, developed by Capcom, sorry. Released in the arcade in 1985. It was later ported to many home consoles. Oh, Gunsmoke? Correct. Gunsmoke. I have that. I have that for the NES. Yes, when some some people when they think of Western video games, that's the first thing they think of is is Gunsmoke. If you're old enough, it's a fun game. Yeah. Like it's basically just a vertical shooter. Yeah. Uh it's it's got some neat mechanics in there. I would uh I would give that the AC uh thumbs up there, there if, you, if you get a copy of that. Quick review there for yeah. Gunsmoke. All right. Question number 3. This open world game from 2010 is perhaps the most popular Western video game of all time. Red Dead Redemption. Points for you, AC. Right you now, surpri- could you could you believe that there was a Red Dead Redemption question in this quiz? Okay, so we I guessed what you were doing before then, and I already guessed these three questions, basically, without you even asking them. Now, I have no idea. I think I've expended yeah. all of my, my Western... Oh, I don't know. You might get some of these. Okay, you all might, right. You might get some. Of Lay them on me. Of these questions, mm-hmm. such as... The protagonist in this Western video game goes by the name of Gojiro Kiryu. I think I've pronounced that right. Um, were we playing this last week? We were, weren't we? Oh, God. What is the name of that game? Western Samurai. I'll give you points for that. was Samurai Western. Oh, okay. Right. I'll give you points. I'm not sure what it's called in Japan. Probably the same thing. Probably the same. Um, yeah. So I actually have this game. Yes, you do. And you and I played it last week. It's it's a bit simplistic, but it was it was a bit of fun. Yeah. It's like basically a samurai turns up in the West and people are like, we don't take kindly to your types around here. And then he like chops their heads off. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he's he just, just kills just everyone. Guts everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a fun game. Because, of course, a man with swords would win against a whole lot of people with guns. Question number five. Gojiro. <laughs> because he's Japanese, he's going to win. Uh, question number five. In that this- worked out so well in World War II as well. <laughs> Do you give, just give them swords. It's, they'll win. Uh, in this classic Western game, your greatest enemy is not engines, bandits, or rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. It's dysentery. Uh, Oregon Trail. Correct. Points for you. It's the only video game to feature dysentery, <laughs> to my knowledge, anyway. There's got to be more than one. Uh, there might be some. I want to say in, like, Total War, if your army besieges a place for too long, they all start to die. It's probably implied that they've got dysentery, but anyway. Implied dysentery. That's how I want to die. <laughs> that's, 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 that's on your tombstone. He died of implied dysentery. Question, what does that even mean? Question number six. This Sega light gun game involves protecting a bank with frankly way too many external doors oh i have this game oh no and i don't even i don't have the menacer so you you have to use the d-pad and it's terrible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i cannot for the life of me remember the name of this game but i actually own it you will kick yourself when i tell you this Ooh. the name of the game is bank panic uh yeah that yep. sounds right which is the the, fe- the feeling i get whenever i get a letter from my bank <laughs> Question number six. You go in and shoot the place up, though. That's, that's, I should, though, shouldn't I, really? I think, <laughs> I think the Royal Commission going on at the moment pretty much allows you for that. <laughs> we got a free pass. All right. Uh, question number seven, AC. This is the only Western game, or any game to my knowledge, where the protagonist has a giant raging boner for the entire game. Uh, ooh. Um, what era is this game? 80s? <laughs> Um, you, you may have had to go behind a, a Ronald velvet, Reagan the movie a the actor? Cur- curtain to purchase this game at the oh god I know this um, oh 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 dear I, I know it came in a velvet case or something perhaps if you hadn't drank tonight you would be fine but I would just go the brain cell died no 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 I know what this game okay, is think, called think 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 what what I'm going to kick the, myself. What's the name of the protagonist? Oh, who's the hero of this game? I, I just—it's on the tip of my tongue. I just—it's just not coming to me. 
The name of this game is, of course, yep. the Atari Classic. Atari 2600 well, not, Classic. Not, I should mention, Atari did not make this they game. Just, it's a third party. They had nothing to do with this. Custer's Revenge. That's it. Custer's Revenge. Yes. A new revenge. I just couldn't think of the bloke's name. Because, yes, the sweetest revenge of all is apparently something really, really foul that we can't even mention on this podcast, probably, despite our explicit rating. Uh, that game is is messed up in a lot of ways. It is. It's really bad. Uh Question number eight. Last question. Last question. Hmm, This is obscure. This long-running series of Western-inspired JRPGs began in 1996 on the PlayStation. All right, I know it's not at ease. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what this one is. Uh, Wild Arms is the name of the I name. do not know this series it's at a all. a little bit obscure. It's more of a cult hit for the JRPG fans. Uh, it had a Western release, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's kind of... It's like fantasy Western. And, and apparent, according to Wikipedia, the font of all wisdom and truth, as we have mentioned many times. Oh, yeah. Um, partially inspired by Trigun. So, oh, really? Yeah. There's actually... When I was looking, I was like, oh, I bet there's a bunch of Trigun games. Actually, there aren't that many. Actually, um, there aren't any. Yeah, there's one that was, like, cancelled halfway yeah. through development. So I've actually seen some yeah. gameplay footage of this. Because um, Trigun, I, by the way, very good. Yeah, Trigun is probably one of my... It's in my top ten favourite TV shows of all time. Not just anime, TV shows. Yeah, it is I, an anime, but don't let, that, don't let that push you off. It is It is a really, really good show. Uh, there was a... They were making a fighter, like a one-on-one fighter. Mm. Uh, that got cancelled. There was footage at, I want to say... Uh, Tokyo Game Show. Okay. Uh, it is on YouTube if you want to look it up. Mm. It's very blurry, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then they cancelled that and they made a beat em up, right. a 3D beat em up for the PlayStation 2, which I own. Okay. Uh, which is called Gungrave. Oh, wow. Okay. So the Gungrave game that we have played before and I want to do in a future episode. Yeah. Uh, it was, this had the same uh, art director. Okay. Yeah, because... That's Trigun. It strikes me that Trigun... I mean, if you didn't know anything about Trigun, um, you would know that it seems like the kind of thing that would make a good video game. It would make an excellent video um, game. But for some reason, just, yeah, it didn't really transpire. I mean, you know, maybe, like, in a perfect world, I would, like, happily sacrifice, I don't know, maybe 20 Dragon Ball Z games for one good Trigun game. <laughs> uh, but, hey, apparently Dragon Ball Z is, like... You know where it's at, gaming wise. Okay, so, so let me let me just tell you one thing here. Mm. All those fucking Dragon Ball Z nerds, mm. like, oh yeah, I know, I watched them all in like the original Japanese, and I don't watch Kai, I watch them all. And you can always say one thing to those: Why do you call it fucking Dragon Ball Z? Because in uh, in Japan, yeah, they actually call it Dragon Ball Z. Okay, it's not Z, it's Z. All right, and that and that sets those fuckers. Off those <laughs> fucking dragon balls! They have a good answer for it. So I yeah. scream like, or, yeah. like really. Ugh. This is a good way to troll the dragon ball. Yeah, fans. yeah. They just, they just don't. Yeah. Oh, those people are horrible. They, what we need it. We need some kind of camp where we can all inter them. Oh in. God, here we go. <laughs> oh boy. You know, I don't, I don't like I, Dragon Ball. When I mentioned Dragon Ball, I knew that <laughs> I, I could feel an AC rant coming on. Um, <laughs> Look, it's not. It's never appealed to me much. I think part of the reason that I never bothered to dig, dig into that is the knowledge that there is just so much there. And people talk about how many filler episodes there are and, like, people joke about, oh, like, there'll be a fight that goes for, like, three episodes and one whole episode is just them charging up the entire time and stuff like that. And, Literally, like, yes. Um, yes. That doesn't sound like a good use of my time. I'd rather, you know... Like, do good characters, character yeah. development, you I mean, know. I waste my life in many ways, yep. but I don't want to waste it watching that. I'd rather no. waste it doing other wasteful, pointless yeah. activities. Yeah. Was... Like figuring out trade deals with the mollusk people. <laughs> that sounds so much more rich and rewarding than anything to do with Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that we've come to the end of episode 61, AC. Do you want to read the copy? There is a copy, and I will read it. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Visit us on the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com. There you will find links to our podcast feeds, our video content. There are a couple of new things up on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And links to our sister show. Show. In the US. (laughs) Those guys are all right. I'm uh, on Twitter... I'm at Prod Tally. Uh, if you do follow me from Game Life Balance Australia, you'll notice a lot of lum. 
And I regret nothing. <laughs> the occasional retro gaming thing will sneak through. Uh, GLB Australia is going. Um, we were sued by the state recently. So Chad was adopted and we didn't take care of him. But he's still alive, according to our official court documents. So anyway, yeah. follow that, that one as well. Sure. Uh, rate us positively on whatever... Uh, app you listen to us on mm-hmm. uh, give us money lots of money yeah we run this at a fantastic list. Don't, actually don't give us money that's a bad <laughs> idea do not do, do not give us money and uh, we are on the gonna geek network which is a fantastic network which has a lot a lot of shows which are much much far inferior i want to say <laughs> Rob was giving me. You're going to go one way with that. And then I was going to go one way, and I went the other way. No, nope. no, no. There's some great shows on there. Robbie, do you want to do you want to spout the fountain of knowledge yeah. on what's going on and going to geek at the moment? Look, why not? Why not be a shill? Yep. For the on the bubble podcast. Hmm. Uh, prayers. For the episode title I'm going to read out. Yep. Prayers for the dying. Brackets. Saving cancelled shows. Close brackets. Sliders, 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 sliders. Sliders, you guys have to save sliders. If you don't save sliders, I'll never listen to your podcast again. And in the most recent episode, according, according to what I have in front of me, Josh was lucky enough to be asked on to fellow Gunna Geek Culture podcast in defense of. Okay, hmm, yep. Bit of collabos happening there, AC. We know I should put my hand up for one of those. That's what the kids love is collabos. Um, and also gabos and... <laughs> Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. And Uncle Stabo. And Uncle Stabo. Uh, I love who, that guy. Another proud member of the Gunner Geek Network. <laughs> Very proud. Uh, yes. Um, Out loud and proud, in fact. So on defense, so, so on the, the podcast in defense of, they discussed fan campaigns and fan actions around struggling TV shows. Yes. Does make me think a little bit about all the Fuhrer, and I mean Fuhrer <laughs> with an O-R. Fuhrer. Not, not Fuhrer. Not Fuhrer. About... Um, about, uh, oh, God, now I've forgotten the name of the show. Firefly. Well, Firefly, thank you, AC. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yes, um, but also the Fuhrer of Firefly. Um, <laughs> Nathan who, Fillion? Yes. He was a Fuhrer. He, <laughs> yeah. he, does, he does a bit look like he's got that Nazi look about him. <laughs> it turns out that the, um, the Fox Network's final solution for that show was to can it. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> whether that joke makes it to the final episode, <laughs> final cut of the podcast... Uh, we'll, we'll find out you got me there Robbie you got me there thank you very much for listening and before we go so